Hello, dear listener. We're interrupting your regular podcast with an invitation. Yep, you're invited to join us at the Tipsy Exchange, where your hosts get tipsy and exchange ideas on a specific topic. Pop culture, true crime, unexplained phenomena. Nothing's off limits on the Tipsy Exchange. So grab a drink and visit thetipsyexchange.com to find the show on Apple, Spotify, or whatever is your favorite podcast app. I'm Burley. I'm L.A. Now back to the show. This is B-Word, one half of the host of the Bleach Brothers podcast. My buddy Jake the Hater, Jake the Tailgater, joins me every single week on Sundays to cover things like dadisms, food and beverage, and all things entertainment. And just like Sunday church, when you get out, you can come and enjoy all the dirty talk and get sanitized. MacGyver, SG-1, Episode 15, No Other Shoe, The Past. There it is, he thought to himself. There's the moment his brain wouldn't allow him to stay asleep. Despite his best efforts, MacGyver's mind started to go through the first thoughts of the day. What's today? What time is it? What needs to get done today? Any messages I need to see on my phone? It was just a matter of admitting defeat and opening his eyes. He had spent a week with his military-ranked brother at his cabin, partially fixing the place up and the other attending to Jack, despite his stubborn protest about being able to take care of himself. He had to wear a leg brace over his stitched wound that sealed up where the bullet went through. It would be some time before they'd be called to testify against the thugs who shot up the place, and by then, he and the cabin would be back to normal. In the meantime, the doctor told Jack to take it easy. Not that he would listen. Turned out that would be the only thing they bickered about. Mac did most of the running around for supplies and food, 
only to come back to find the colonel sanding or hammering some new piece of wood. Most of the time they would trade stories and laughed. Each had a story to top the other. By week's end, they were no longer uneasy around one another. They found common ground and really liked each other. By the time Daniel and Tilt came by to check in on him, Jack was already planning his next visit with his brother. It was late by the time Matt got home and he was exhausted. The plane ride was used to reflect on what had happened over the past few months and how it affected his life. Smiling at how he had went from a loner with no family to being a dad and brother with all of the adopted family that came with it. Jack didn't have any real family since his son died and his wife left him. Luckily, that vacuum was filled with his team. Despite his best efforts, Carter, Daniel, and Tilk became more than a team to him, and now they were a part of Mac's life. It was only in hindsight that he could see how much he'd been missing. His friends through the years were very important to him, and he loved them. But at the end of the day, he still came home to an empty house. Now, he had his son, Sam, who spent most of his free time with him. He had his own place, but most of the time he took the extra room at his dad's place. Since Pete passed away, Sam had been the only constant in his life. Others showed up now and again, but nothing consistent. Mac took the blame onto himself for that. He figured they had their own lives to lead and didn't want to be a pest. Plus, he had that chronic fear of losing people in his life. Distance meant safety. Or so he thought. Wait, what's that smell? Something burning? No. Bacon. Slowly, Max sat up and slid the covers off him. He pulled the door open and quietly walked down the hall barefoot towards the kitchen. His mind played back previous unannounced guests such as Earl Dent, the ex-con who seemed to think Mac was his buddy, Jack Dalton, his childhood friend who always had a get-rich-quick scheme but randomly needed a place to stay, Ed Murdoch, who was as deadly as he was unpredictable. He had been ready to grab the nearest object to defend himself if need be. The sizzling and popping sounds of food frying accompanied the increasing aroma of eggs and bacon as he made his way down the corridor. 
Confused, he peeked his head around the corner to see two settings on the counter and fresh fruit already on the plates next to glasses of fresh squeezed orange juice. Then the figure at the stove turned around. Sam? Oh, hey, Dad. Good morning. I was just about to wake you. I... I thought you were on assignment. I was. I finished early and got in this morning. All the unease lifted as Mac walked over and hugged his boy. Sam had already changed into his lounging sweats and comfy tee that matched the sleeveless tee and shorts his father had slept in. So, what's all this? Uh, well, I know you tend to skip meals when I'm not around, so I thought I'd get at least one good meal in you. They shared a smile. Here. Get started. I was just getting the coffee ready. Max sat and started on his fruit as Sam turned back to plate the rest of the meal. That was another wonderful thing about having Sam in his life. His son took care of him like he took care of others. It was a wonderful switch that he wasn't used to. So... How's Uncle Jack? Cranky? He's so stubbornly independent, it's enough to drive you mad. Tell me about it, Sam smirked as he poured the hot Colombian roast into Mac's mug. Oh, come on. I'm not that bad. Besides... I think part of Jack's humor is pretending he's annoyed at something. Very Harrison Ford of him. Mac added as he took a bite off his strip of crispy bacon. I don't mean that, Dad. I mean the fact that you like to do everything on your own. You don't have to now. I know. I just don't want to be a bother to anybody. I think... Jack's the same way. I keep trying to keep him off his leg, but as soon as I turn my back, he'd be up doing whatever he felt like. Did you get more comfortable with each other, at least? Oh, yeah. Uh, fighting for your lives together tends to knock down some walls, you know? Actually, we had a lot of fun. You know when you meet someone who you discover has the same interests as you do, and you just, you can't wait to discuss everything? Well, that's how we were. It really helped pass the time while we worked on the cabin. Sam smiled as he dug into his own plate of eggs. He was excited for his dad as well as for himself. He was intrigued by his new uncle. It was like getting to see new shades of his father through a different prism. Plus, he thought the tough guy aspects of Jack were just cool. The rest of the morning was spent lounging around, 
chatting and watching a random game on the local TV station. Around noon, MacGyver looked out the window at the clear day and bright sun and got antsy. Hey, let's go do something. Sam looked up from his father's guitar he was holding. He was learning some basic chords his dad had shown him earlier. Oh, okay. Anywhere in particular? Well, it's too nice to stay indoors. Let's hop on our bikes and see where we end up. A while later, the two were biking down the road towards the highway in their typical riding attire of jeans, t-shirts, and biking jackets. As much as they were similar, little things were unique to their own personalities, such as their helmets and sunglasses. Throughout the long day, they rode the mountains, back along the shore, and occasionally stopping for food, or to just enjoy the scenery. The two were so comfortable with each other that they didn't need to speak as they rode, and had inside jokes as they people watched when they ate. On their way back home, they stopped at a local Borders bookstore. Not because they needed anything, but just for something to do while the sun went down. Mac had been there a few months before, looking for a Leo Conkey CD he didn't have. He recalled making a pretty girl laugh as he joked about her announcement over the PA system that the store was closing in 15 minutes. As the two men walked into the building, a very welcoming smell surrounded them. Books. It reminded him of being a kid and walking into the local drugstore for penny candy and a comic book or two. The music playing was quiet and pleasant enough. He couldn't wait to browse the shelves and explore. The two were taking a moment to take in their surroundings and plan their method of attack when a voice came from behind them. MacGyver? Max spun around to see a face he hadn't seen in a few years, but would know anywhere. Breeze? Oh, man! <laughs> <laughs> the two men chuckled together as they embraced in a long overdue hug, firmly patting each other's backs. Wide-eyed and smiling, Mac enthusiastically asked, Wow! How you been, man? What are you doing here? You're looking at the newest store manager. Gone was the flat-top and tough-guy attitude he remembered. Standing in front of the troubleshooter was a sharp-dressed man in a bright shirt and tie and fully shaved head. That's great! Oh, this is my son, Sam. The young photojournalist stepped closer to shake hands. Great to meet you. You know my dad from the Challengers Club, right? Both men nodded as Mac added. Uh, yeah, Breeze was there a few years before he went off to college. 
actually, here they know me as Josiah James. I was named after my great-grandfather. Sam had to ask, So, where did Breeze come from? Also my great-grandfather. It was his nickname. Plus, my family said I always had a cool way about me, like nothing was a problem. He smiled before shifting into a quieter tone and placing a hand on Sam's shoulder. You know, I came up in a rough neighborhood and didn't have a great childhood. There wasn't a lot of options for a kid like me. I only had cousins my age and they led me to join the demons. I thought that selling drugs and gang life was the best way until your dad came along. He and Cynthia showed me a better way and helped me make the man I am today. Yeah, Cynthia told me you went out to college out of town. She wasn't sure if you were coming back, Mac added. He knew Cynthia Wilson and her husband, Booker, from his years of volunteering at their local boys and girls club. When Booker was killed, Breeze and Cynthia leaned on each other and ended up becoming as close as family. She provided him with a home and stability, and he gave her a partner and foster son to dote on. Yeah, I was always going to come back. The way I see it, you don't run from bad neighborhoods. You get out, make yourself better, and then go back and make a difference. That's my plan. Bree seemed to stand a little taller as he added, Besides this job, I'm on the school board and helping Cynthia and Hines at the club on weekends. Sam looked at his father. Hines. Is that that ex-marine you told me about? As Mac reluctantly nodded, Breeze added with a smile. Yeah, Archie Hines' way doesn't always jive with your dad's. <sighs> yeah, that's one way to put it. But honestly, Breeze, I'm very proud of you. You've really come a long way. The young man made sure to put a hand on MacGyver's arm and look him in the eye as he replied, Couldn't have done it without you, MacGyver. They let a moment pass before Breeze looked down at his watch. Hey, look, I gotta get back. You'll let me know if you need anything, right? Yeah, you bet. Nice to meet you, Sam added as they waved and parted. He looked over at his dad, who still had a humble smirk on his face. He was reminded that his father probably had no idea how many lives he had influenced, and felt very proud to be his son. Well, I'm going to check out the CDs. All right, I'll catch up. I'm going to look over here. He pointed as MacGyver nodded and walked to the lower shelves in the music section. He skimmed alphabetically, but for some reason always skimmed to see if they had the albums he already owned. Life in Slow Motion by David Gray. Short Stories by Harry Chapin. He figured it was his way of making sure that others enjoyed what he loved. He glanced up to see people around him enjoying their evening out when he noticed a striking blonde up on a step stool adding new DVDs to the movie section. Wow, he thought. She was striking. 
There was something about her that stood out. A grace that he found very attractive. He made sure to look away whenever she looked in his direction. He didn't want to come off creepy. He was skeptical when it came to flirting. Too many times he engaged in conversation with potential, only to find out that it was only used to boost the girl's ego and nothing more. They typically never asked about him or even his name. It was upsetting and disheartening. It had made him reluctant to give anything of himself or make any effort towards romance. He knew any girl worth his time would have to show some initiative and at least ask his name before he would pursue her. He was enjoying the memories of good relationships from his past as well as the discovery of the beautiful woman across the room. When he looked up to see... She was gone. The step stool was there. Couldn't find her. His head spun around trying to locate her, but nothing. The weight of disappointment came crashing down. He had been working up the nerve to walk over, but now it, he lost his chance. He tried to settle back into skimming the CD rack, but his thoughts were elsewhere. Suddenly, he felt someone pass behind him as they caressed his elbow. Come back to help me with the announcements? The soft, inviting voice came from the same beautiful blonde woman he'd been watching this whole time. Then her words clicked. She was the same girl he made laugh months before. He beamed as they made eye contact on her way back to the DVDs. He looked around to see if he was the only one who saw what he just experienced. Most had their heads down. But across the room, Mac could see Breeze, and it gave him an idea. Quickly, he headed over to cross his friend's path. Hey, Breeze. Do you know that girl? A knowing smile grew on Breeze's face as he instantly pieced together what was happening. Cindy? Yeah, she's single. What? No, I didn't say anything about laughing. Breeze interrupted. <laughs> Come on, man. You can see it all over your face. She's great, and I think you should go for it. Seriously, I'm rooting for you. Red-faced, Max started to back away. Okay, here goes. Wish me luck. Luck was his send-off as he casually approached the attractive employee on the step stool. She was frustrated as her DVDs kept tipping over. You okay? Ah, oh, 
This shelf is loose, so these keep falling over unless I have the whole thing filled. Tipping his head as she spoke, MacGyver glanced under the store shelf to find the problem. Ah, here's the problem. She joined his view to discover a loose bracket underneath as he reached into his jeans to retrieve his Swiss Army knife and open the Phillips head tool. As if reading his mind, Cindy held up the shelf as Mac tightened the screw. There you go. Good as new. Thanks. That comes in handy, huh? She flirtatiously asked, keeping eye contact. He internally giggled. Oh, once in a while. <laughs> he took a beat and glanced at the list of DVDs she was stacking, including an oddity called Thumb Wars. A spoof done to well-known movies, but using thumbs. She caught his look of curiosity and confusion. Have you seen it? Thumb Wars? Uh, no. I can't say that I have. Wasn't there a song about thumbs? Here comes Thumpkin, here comes Thumpkin. He started to sing, but realized he must sound like an idiot to her and anyone else in earshot. He didn't know why he was putting himself through this. He was sure this would be just a nice flirtatious moment for her, and that would be that. Oh yeah, I remember that! She smiled and mimed the thumb dance that went along with it. At least she was kind enough to play along. You work second shift, huh? For the moment. This is only a part-time job I've hung on to since college. I know the store, plus books, movies, and music. What's not to love? He nodded in agreement and felt a bit of envy. As she climbed down the step stool, she took a step closer to him. So, when you're not making bookstore girls giggle during announcements, what do you do for a living? Mac couldn't help but show his surprise at the question. She was showing as much interest as he was. He stammered a bit. Uh, well... I used to work as a, a troubleshooter, but now I have a fix-it service. Troubleshooter? Uh, yeah, sort of like a guy you would call if you needed help getting out of a jam. The attractive woman took a moment and looked up at him with a sly smirk to show that she knew what she was about to do. And if I needed you? What name would I ask for? There it is. She did it. She wants to know him. All his trepidation was gone. MacGyver. But everyone just calls me Mac. What's your name? Cindy. Cindy Gans. Nice to meet you. She added as she took his hand. He tried to play it cool, but knew he had the strike while the iron was hot. 
Cindy. Would you like to go out with me and get some dinner? He had butterflies in his stomach waiting for her answer. Yes, please. She said through a relieved smile. MacGyver thought to himself, this may not be the kind of adventure that he'd been used to, but it may turn out to be his most rewarding one yet. The MacGyver SG-1 audio series was written, performed, and produced by Mac Jackson. Guest voices are Charles Andrew Payne as Breeze and Cindy Jackson as Cindy Gans. Theme song written and performed by Brian Brzezowski. Please support us at the Forever Adventure Network through our Patreon and our stores. Thanks for joining the adventure. The Forever Adventure Network. Welcome to the adventure. Has MacGyver inspired you to be kind and creative? Has Jack O'Neill inspired you to be a leader and be sarcastic? Well then please check out the MacGyver podcast where we celebrate Richard Dean Anderson and all of his iconic characters. We have life stories episode reviews, and great conversations with actors and the people behind the scenes. We also have merchandise, blogs, art, and so much more, all through the Forever Adventure Network. Join us today, and remember, stay creative, everyone. The Forever Adventure Network. Welcome to the adventure. Welcome to the adventure.